Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at The Field CLT. Be blessed. Hallelujah, somebody. How about giving glory to a faithful God, a God who is with us, Emmanuel. He, we celebrate it all through Advent that God is with us. Anybody happy that the Lord is on our side? Anybody glad that you've got Jesus? And more importantly, Jesus has got you. We ought to give him praise this morning. We ought to give him honor and glory. We're here to lift him up, to lift up his name. And the good news that there is a savior in the city. His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, let's draw the family together. Let's draw this world together and listen to the word that the Lord sends to us from the gospel according to John chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. I'm going to read it from the Good News Translation. John 14, 22 through 29. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, how can it be that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and my Father and I will come to them and live with them. Those who do not love me do not obey my teaching. And the teaching you have heard is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am still with you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am leaving, but I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for he is greater than I. I have told you this now before it all happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. Verse 27, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? I want to wrestle this morning with this subject, overcoming abandonment. 
overcoming abandonment. Let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. One of the hardest and most frightening experiences in life is being abandoned. If you've ever been left behind in any way, you can understand this idea. I have experienced abandonment. And I can tell you it's a rough journey to travel. If you ride left early, or you missed the bus, or if you've ever been stranded, you know that the emotions can run the gamut from frustration to fear. Little things, little experiences of abandonment. When somebody you love dies, when somebody you've invested in leaves. When someone in possession of something dear to you runs away. When a parent disowns you. Abandonment sets in. I'll never forget Dr. Wanda and I traveling with another couple we're friends with from school one holiday. We were driving from Bloomington, Indiana, where our university was located. We were on our way to Norfolk to visit the family, and the car broke down on the side of a very remote highway in West Virginia. We were doing all right until we looked overhead and saw vultures circling. Being abandoned is tough, unsettling kind of experience. Part of the struggle with abandonment is the realization that on the ground, it actually means that either somebody has forgotten you or they don't care about you or something has failed you or folk just don't know they, that you exist. All of these are experiences that convey the message that maybe you're not as important or as safe as you'd like to be. Hurt feelings, sometimes anger, well up because you're made to sense that you're not as important as even you thought you were. Feelings of abandonment can surface, family, quite beyond anybody's control. A lot of times, Duty or death intervene, causing somebody to go away and somebody else to be left behind. During World War II, six Navy pilots left their aircraft carrier on a mission. And after searching the seas for enemy submarines, which was their mission, they tried to come back to their ship shortly after dark, but 
Captain had ordered a blackout of all lights on the ship. Over and over, the frantic pilots radioed, asking for just one light so they could see how to land. But the pilots were told that the blackout could not be lifted. And after several appeals and denials of their request, the ship's operator turned the switch to break radio contact, and the pilots were forced to ditch the plane into the ocean. The disciples of Jesus must have suffered similar emotions, feeling that they had to ditch into a deep ocean. Jesus had told them over and over he was going away. He had told them that he was going to die. He told them he was going to have to leave them. But it might be that their resistance to the feeling of abandonment caused them to block it all out. I don't know. They asked question after question. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way to get where you are? Lord, show us the Father, they said, and it will satisfy us. And they had lots of questions about the whole being turned over into the hands of sinful folk and dying on a cross thing. They just couldn't get their minds around that. How you going to be the Messiah, the Son of God, and then be subject to folk who don't have as much power as you got? Just how does that work, Lord? They, they must have felt as though Jesus was just dumping them into the deep, murky ocean with no way to find him when in verse 27, Jesus said this. He said, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. We know this because right after it he says, do not be worried and upset. Listen, do not be afraid. These were Clearly words of encouragement for the disciples as, as Jesus empathized with their tough predicament. He counsels them and us that there is life on the other side of abandonment. I really could quit preaching right there. That's really all I came to tell y'all. There is life on the other side of abandonment. Oh, maybe y'all ain't never been left behind by anybody. But Jesus comes to say, you can make it when the support and the stability of others is yanked like a cheap rug out from under your feet. You can make it. Jesus emphasizes his understanding of what happens when that which you've come to rely on seems suddenly unreliable. He understands how we feel, y'all, when, for example, a, a state government that's designed uh, to provide for the common good only seems to be concerned about folk at the top. When they eliminate stuff that you need to live your life and keep on giving tax breaks to folk who don't need them, Jesus clearly demonstrates, he understands 
feelings of abandonment when hundreds of thousands of poor folk and elderly folk are still being denied health care in our state of North Carolina because hard-hearted people who don't care about the poor decided they would not accept the money. Jesus is demonstrating his solidarity with us who feel abandoned by a legislature that's determined to deny their formerly inalienable right to vote by lying about vote. I said lying about, I said lying about voter fraud and blackmailing folk that they're going to take over elections and, 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 and choose their people, their voters, instead of voters choosing them. Jesus understands abandonment. He understands how the poor can feel abandoned when, when their own government seems to want to hurt the babies in school systems by misusing dollars and playing sleight of hand with lottery money so the children never get the education they deserve. We understand that Jesus sees it because he demonstrates his embrace of followers who feel abandoned when he says that there is peace. I came to tell somebody on the other side of abandonment. Can I just share this peace with you? What peace could there be on the other side of something so horrible as being abandoned? Jesus says uh, the peace on the other side of abandonment is first of all comfort. Jesus says, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. No nice, nasty peace. No here today, gone today peace. No backhanded peace. No, no stingy peace. He says, I don't give peace like the world gives peace, pretending there ain't no unrest. No, that is not peace. Jesus says, do not be worried and upset. Can I talk to some folk whose nerves are bad? Jesus says, don't be worried, don't be upset. Can I talk to some people whose hair is falling out because they can't really get their nerves together? Can I talk to some people who walk the floor at night because you can't stop worrying about the stuff that's worrying you? You've worn a rut in your rug. Can I talk to some people biting nervous fingernails and, and, and I'm wondering if in fact everything is going to be all right tomorrow. Jesus says there is peace on the other side of abandonment. Do not be worried and upset. Jesus promises first of all comfort. He says, don't be worried. Don't be upset. That's comfort. For those who really want peace, he says there's comfort. Complete comfort just means freedom from worry. Walter Kelly has said, and I quote, worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and belief in defeat. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. 
a dense fog that covers a seven-city block area a hundred feet deep is composed of less than, listen, one glass of water divided into 66 billion drops. Not much is there, but it can cripple an entire city, end quote. Worry, family. It is an understandable response to abandonment. Wondering, what's going to happen to me? J just seems consistent with the law of survival of the fittest. I mean, you would be crazy if you didn't wonder what's going to happen when something you love abandons you, when somebody you love walks out on you, when somebody you trusted fails you, when some institution you needed goes away from you, pulls the rug out from under you. You would be crazy if you didn't wonder what's going to happen to me tomorrow. But Jesus makes it plain that survival of the fittest ain't the only law that's in operation when feelings of abandonment rise up. Jesus has woven this powerful, profound teaching on the Holy Spirit in the verses before verse 27. And one of the main ideas of the passage is that when he goes away and he says he is going away, Jesus says, when I go away, God will not leave the disciples orphaned. Maybe it starts there. Maybe it starts with believing that there is a comfort in knowing that God has promised not to leave us by ourselves. Jesus makes it clear that the spirit whom God's going to send will, won't, will, won't be seen by the world. Therefore, he, the spirit, won't be believed by the world. The reason we don't know, there's only one glass of water in, in, a, in a six block area of fog is because because we really can't see the reality of the fog. We just see the density, the show, the appearance of it. When we go into fog, we don't know it ain't but one glass of water. We believe we're going to be overcome by the fog. Jesus says, you'd be all right. You'd be comforted. Don't you worry. Don't you be upset. This is where, where the disciple and the world have got to draw some clear lines of distinction. In other words, those folk who want comfort. Those folk who want to overcome their sense of abandonment have got to cultivate the discipline of seeing things not in the natural but seeing things in the spirit. I wish I could get me some church folk who would stop seeing stuff in the natural. There is a whole world of stuff going on in the spirit. This, this is going to bring comfort because it'll cement the knowledge that real life is happening outside the range of your naked eye. That, that's the only way to stop worrying. You got to, you got to stop worrying by realizing God is doing some things in the heavenlies. Up above your head, our ancestors used to say, they said, I hear music in the air. In other words, I hear God. I see God. I feel God. I sense God. I believe God is doing some things in the spirit realm. That's, that's the only way to stop worrying. Family, worrying comes from the unknown, the seen, and the unseen. In other words, worrying comes from what might 
happen. What runs most people crazy is when they start thinking about what could happen. I mean, it ain't even happened yet, but they're running themselves amok, wondering about what might happen. Comfort, though, comes when from, from, from the unseen only, knowing that not only is there a realm of possibility, possibility could go either way, positive or negative. It's not just about possibility outside your earshot, but there is a realm of reality that is concrete, preordained, positive stuff there too, even though you can't see it. Worrying goes away when you start realizing that God is up to some stuff. You just can't see it. I wish I could get me some believers in this house to, to testify that there's a realm of reality beyond what you can see. Most of us are too conceited. Most of us are too fretful to even be aware that there's some stuff happening in the room. Every room you walk in, there's some stuff happening that you ain't aware of. There's stuff happening in the spirit when you're in a sick room. There's some healing happening at the bedside when the doctor walks out. There's some power happening when you're weak and feeling defeated. There's some movement going on when you feel like you're stuck at square one. There's some wisdom in the room when you feel like you're stuck on stupid. That's the only way to stop worrying. Give your worries to the past and don't be worried or upset. That's really what Jesus says. Give your worries to the past. You used to worry, but give it to the past and you'll quit worrying when you understand that there's comfort in knowing there's a God who is superseding the supercilious, that there is a God who is overcoming that which has overcome you, that there is a God who is pushing over the obstacles in your way. When you get that in your spirit, you will stop worrying yourself crazy. One of the great baseball managers, I love sports, y'all, of, of, of all time, Connie Mack, he said, this is a quote, he says, and I quote, he says, I discovered that worry was threatening to wreck my career as a baseball manager. I saw how foolish it was. And I forced myself to get so busy preparing to win games that I had no time left to worry over the ones that were already lost. You can't grind grain with water that has already gone down the creek, end quote. You can't worry yourself into success in the future by relitigating battles you lost in the past, by worrying about milestones you missed on yesterday, by fretting over doors that you walked right past day before. Comfort. Comfort, Jesus offers. Comfort in abandonment. If you just quit worrying, turn to somebody in your kitchen, tell them quit worrying. What is there? What is there that can take us beyond abandonment when you feel like everything has walked out on you? Just remember God is still there. Here's a theological riddle that ought to tell you what's really happening. I mean, God could never walk out on you. Why? Because when he walks out, there's still some more God in the room because he's everywhere at the same time. You got to believe that in your struggle, God is there. You 
got to believe that in your darkness, God is there. You got to believe that when loved ones leave you, God is there. You've got to believe that when life seems to separate, God is still there. You've got to believe that when the failures of the past rear their ugly heads, God is right there. Because if he could leave your room, if he could leave your side, he'll still be standing on both sides. Because everywhere you go, the psalmist said it like this, if I run to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost parts of the earth, behold, your spirit is still there. Worry. Let it go. Comfort is waiting on you in the midst of abandonment if you just quit worrying. What, what is this peace that overcomes abandonment? It is comfort enough to quit worrying. And listen to this. It is also courage. He says, after he says, do not be worried and upset, listen to what he says after that. He says, do not be afraid. Can I just run it down? Can I, can I translate? Y'all follow me. Y'all follow me. He says, don't be afraid. He really means, in the, in the Greek, he really means don't doubt because he's assuring you. He means don't fear because he keeps you. Don't fret because he loves you. Don't faint. Because he holds you. Don't falter because he guides you. Don't flee. He protects you. Don't quit. He helps you begin again. Don't stagger. He supports you. Don't waver. He steadies you. Don't worry. He calms you. Don't be timid. That's the translation of, of afraid here. Don't be timid. He has the power to make you bold. When you feel abandoned all by yourself, just put yourself in the Lord's hands. That's what don't be afraid means. My grandmother was 84 years old when she, I called her and one night she was about to have heart surgery the very next morning and, and I called her and I said my dear, are you, because at 84 for having major surgery was a very big deal in those days. I said, my dear, are you worried? Uh, she said, she laughed. She said, son, why would I worry about something that's in the Lord's hands? Can I just, I really feel like quit preaching right there. Why would you worry about something that's in the Lord's hands? Why, why would you worry about that Negro that walked away? Why would you worry about that one who died and left you there uh, that the Lord has already prepared a place for them bit better off than you are better off. Just get over the loneliness. Work hard at knowing they have gone on, but you are still here. Why would you worry about failures that have been in the past and you can't go back and make them any better than they were back then? Why would you worry about a government that's recalcitrant? I mean work to change it, but why would you worry about a government that's dug in and stuck on some stupid stuff? Why would you worry about adversaries that's 
sit up late at night worrying about and thinking about what to do for you so that you will lose something. They'll give up something to make sure that you lose something. Jesus said, don't you worry. Don't you be upset. And then here he says, have courage. He says, don't be afraid because I'm everywhere you need me to be. When you feel abandoned all by yourself, what I want to leave you and say is just put it in the Lord's hands. You, you just put it in the Lord's hands and I declare all of your abandonment issues will go away somehow. The thing that really hamstrings most of us is because we seriously want to put it in the Lord's hands, but we put it in his hands and then we take it back again because we want to worry about it. We want to fret about it. We want to cry about it. We need to heal our hearts about it. That's good, but just while you're doing that, make sure you have put it in the Lord's hands and spend some time thanking him. Lord, I thank you that you're handling this situation right now. God, I thank you. I'm talking about seeing some stuff in the spirit. Seeing in the spirit means that you're not caught up on the natural. You're not just seeing what's in front of you. Lord, I thank you that you're correcting right now every misstatement that was made behind my back. I thank you that you're healing right now every tear that I've cried over this situation. I thank you that you're fixing right now my own self-concept, my own worration, as the old folk would say. I thank you that you're fixing it right now. Put it in the Lord's hands. When you come to the prayer line, come down to the altar and ask him to fix it. And then the next time you come back, don't come back begging no more. You come back like the Syrophoenician woman with faith because you already know the Lord is working on it. The Lord is fixing it. The Lord is bringing it in for a landing. God is already turning that over, flipping that script, put it in the Lord's hands. Can I tell y'all something? A basketball in my hands is worth about $19, but a basketball in Michael Jordan's hands is worth billions of dollars. It depends on whose hands it's in. I, a baseball in my hands is worth about $6, but a baseball in Yankee Garrett Cole's hands is worth about $36 million. It all depends on whose hands you put it in. A tennis racket in my hands is a tennis racket in my hands is worth not much, if not useless. But you put that racket in Serena or Venus's hands, and it's a Wimbledon championship. It depends on whose hand it is. A rod in my hands will keep away from a barking dog. A rod in Moses' hands will part the Red Sea. It just depends on whose hands it's in. A slingshot in my hand is a kid's toy and I'm liable to kill a bird if I use it but a slingshot in David's hands is a mighty weapon that brings down strongholds the two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands is a couple fish sandwiches but the two fish and five loaves of bread in the Lord's hands will feed thousands it just depends on whose hands it's in nails and a couple of sticks of wood in my hands might just build you a teepee but nails in Jesus's hands will produce salvation for the entire world it just depends on whose hands they're in you just give your abandonment to Jesus and what looks like abandonment in your hands will look like a friend 
who sticks closer than a brother when you put it in the Lord's hands your tears over some Negro that has left the way and flown the coop and disrespected you and, and left your friendship in your hands that looks like a broken heart but in the hands of Jesus it looks like a friend who sticks closer than a brother yes Lord it just depends on whose hands it's in your broke down career in your hands just looks like a trip to the employment bureau but in the Lord's hands it looks like a brand new enterprise that he will move the wealth of the righteous to the wealth of sinners who is laid up for the righteous you just put it in the Lord's hands and enemy in your hands looks very much like a string of sleepless nights but when you put an enemy in the Lord's hands it looks like a song the church used to say he walks with me he talks with me and tells me I am his own yeah when you put it in the Lord's hands your abandonment might look serious to you but if you put it in the Lord's hands it looks like a promise God is with us thank you Jesus I ain't by myself you can't leave me alone because the Lord promised but even when I see the lightning flashing even when I hear the thunder roll even when I feel sense breakers dashing trying to conquer my soul I heard I heard I said I heard the voice of Jesus telling me don't you worry don't be upset don't you be afraid he promised never to leave me never to leave me alone the songwriter got happy he said now somebody sing now 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 never to leave me never to leave me alone no never alone no never alone i'm crazy because the lord promised never to leave me never to leave me never to turn his back on me there is no shadow of turning with him no never to leave me Never, never, never. Somebody who had to cry because somebody walked out on you. Say never. I dare you to say it. I dare you to speak it into the atmosphere. Every word of your mouth, by your words shall you be justified. And by your words, Shall you be condemned? I dare you to speak that which is not as though it is. Never, never, never.
never alone. Never alone. You go where you got to go. Never alone. You do what you gotta do. Never alone. You legislate like you gotta legislate. I'm never alone. Yes. Never alone, never alone, in my midnight hour, I ain't never alone, when I'm all by myself, don't you get it twisted, there's some grace and some mercy following me, I ain't never alone, when you think I ain't got enough, don't you get it twisted, I ain't never alone. I'm so glad my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. I ain't never alone. Never. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Will y'all go old school with me? Amen. Go old school with me for just a minute. I want somebody to be encouraged that after all the things you've been through, you have comfort. Hallelujah, somebody. And you have courage just waiting on you to claim it. Song says, I've seen the lightning flashing, heard the thunder roll, felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. Almost took me out, but I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still, Peter, fight on. He promised never to leave me. I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. Here's what happened. I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still final oh he promised never to leave me never to leave me alone come on let's sing that refrain no never alone if it's been your testimony that you've been abandoned Sing never alone, Jesus promised never to leave me, never to leave me 
life, you've been abandoned by government, been abandoned by folk who had resources to help but refused, been abandoned by folk who's supposed to love you, been abandoned by folk who died when it seems out of season, been abandoned by good friends who walked away, been abandoned by false friends who finally showed their colors, whatever the abandonment may have been. If you're here today, just know there is life on the other side of abandonment. Just go claim your courage. Just go claim the comfort that is yours. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Means that everything you've ever done wrong sin in your life that's going to be cured right in this sanctuary today all you need to do is just write in the comment bar i want jesus in my life field me clt you see it down below you whatever you put there let us know you're ready to get past your abandonment you want to be a part of the kingdom where we are never alone you don't have to be a member you don't have to be a resident or a citizen of the United States of America to be a part of the field. You can just right where you are in Africa, in Asia, in South America, Central America, all over America, you can just say, field me CLT. Or you can say, I want to be a part of your church. Somebody will reach out to you right away. We'll help you learn what your spiritual gifts are. We'll help you get baptized if you need to be baptized. 
You just get in the family of faith and do it today. Hallelujah. Come on, pray with me, would you? Just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you as my Savior. I am powerless to save myself. Forgive me of my sins. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's leave here. Telling somebody, from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and ever that all of God's people who are no longer alone say amen go in peace challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, simply reach out to us on Facebook at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, or on Instagram at the field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.